Welcome to Ag Credit Set It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must-have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Welcome back, podcast listeners, and Happy New Year. This is Libby, and I'm here with Matt, Phil, and Brenna. How was everyone's holiday? Matt, we'll start with you. The holiday has been great. Uh, wrapped up with harvest. Um, yields were surprisingly uh, better in our area than years past. Uh, the uh, We did have our son, so he is doing great. He originally came about five and a half weeks early for us, but... Um, he is growing, doing great, and looking forward uh, to back at it with our podcast here and uh, keep things rolling. Phil, how about you? Uh, fantastic. Uh, the holiday season for me is obviously I love spending time with my family, and uh, but also uh, I love food. So I, I was fat and happy by the end of it, and that's 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 the holiday season for me is spending time with family, uh, getting my belly full and just enjoying, enjoying time with them. So it was good. There's always those certain dishes that you only get at holiday season that mm-hmm. you look forward to. And then you fill up on like crazy. <laughs> at least I do. <laughs> little green bean casserole, sweet potato crunch, uh, sweet potato casseroles are my big ones. That, that, that's it, your go-to. It's awesome. It's sweet, but it's like mashed up sweet potatoes. And then they put, uh, like, is it, um, some kind of nut. I can't remember if it's pecans or almonds on it. And you basically mix brown sugar and a bunch of more butter and more sugar. That's and like la- the and recipe the- for a pecan pie. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it is. I mean, it's kind of like but a heart we call, attack. We call it a casserole, so it makes it, you know, more healthy. Right, yeah. It tastes like a dessert, but, you, you know, but it's really your main entree. And so, but it's good. It's really good. So I try, we try to put that in the mix and, and have it. So, yep. Awesome. Okay, Brenna, your turn. It was busy as usual, so I've got a bunch of uh, a niece and quite a few nephews, so get to spoil them, and the, the youngest, his name's Kyle, and he just loves the tractors and the farm, so I actually spend most of my day outside in the barn with him because he just has to feed the cows, and that's my cow. That's the mean cow, you know, how that goes, so uh, spent a lot of time with them and really just enjoyed time with family so what about you Libby how was yours yeah I know you got little ones too um yes no it was great my favorite is um we always do cookie baking with um some of my family members and we get all the grandkids to join in on that so that's always fun and then just seeing the kids on Christmas morning get so excited that Santa came is just I love it I'm a Santa lover and Christmas lover so it was awesome and of course just being with some family that's out of town is always great so you know, anytime you have any excess Christmas cookies, you're more than welcome to bring them in here when we're recording. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> my my mother-in-law was a home ec teacher, so she makes the best cookies. <laughs> so gonna hold you to that. I'm gonna, have to, bring her <laughs> sure, right. I'm gonna yes. have to steal the recipes now. Oh yes, I trust me, I have. So all right. Enough with a holiday chat. We are going to talk about lines of credit today. Um, and describing everything about them um, from the way they are structured to collateral um, to how they fit your operation. So I think what we'll start with, um, what is a line of credit? Well, when I talk with people, I describe it more as a a tool 
for them to use. You know, you go out to the barn and you use your wrenches and your hammers and all that kind of stuff. And in the office, this is your tool, I guess, is how I would describe it in a way. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So it is another tool, your toolbox. It's a way for you to operate your farm uh, when maybe cash flow isn't quite there yet. You know, so, um, you know, all of us have a time where as a farmer, you're you get cash certain times of the year and and sometimes uh, you use that cash on things and that's just not quite there. So the line of credit is kind of this intermediary tool that you can kind of use to kind of help you get through the entire year. So paying for anything from chemicals, fertilizer, seed to hay to uh, anything at all you cash need for rents, cash rents, all sorts of stuff like that, whatever that looks like. So um, I, I always kind of describe a line of credit as kind of like a credit card. You can kind of think of it like that in the simplest terms is you know, you're, you're using this kind of quote unquote credit card to, to kind of uh, get you through the next cycle, the next harvest, um, the next planting season. Um, and then the, obviously the goal of it, by the end of it, when you do have cash in hand, is to pay it off. Um, and so when you do get income, uh, you do get revenue from from whatever it is, livestock to, to your grain farm, um, to pay that line down. The great thing about like a credit card most of the time, you can pull that money right back out. So in, in a lot of our instances, this is a we call a revolving line of credit. So once you pay the money back on, you can pull it right back out. So it's not a, a loan payment where it's, you pay it and it's done. You can pull it back out and use it for the next year. So, yep. And I think when we look at lines of credit, especially on the grain side, when we look at, you know, generally people look at a grain farm. We think, okay, well, we plant in the spring, harvest in the fall, we have crops to sell. In, in today's agriculture, we're buying our inputs for the next crop season before we've harvested this crop season. Mm -hmm. So that's where the line of credits really come into play on the grain farm side. Um, really, it's a it's a cash flow uh, tool that we look at to keep it um, rolling, to take advantage and buy the inputs, lower cost for the next year's planting season, and also to help with the grain marketing side. So a lot of times our prices may be better after the first year for our crops versus if we sell them out field harvest. By having those lines of credit, we're able to pay for our inputs and then carry that grain over and take advantage of them marketing opportunities. Yeah, I think flexibility is kind of the, the, the great word to use when it comes to a line of credit. You're not locked into the cash you have at the time. It gives you that flexibility to, to purchase things you need uh, when you need it. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think, too, it's a good tool to use for tax planning purposes as well. I know we have many customers that that is the only reason they have their line of credit um, is to use it for tax purpose planning um, from, from year to year towards the end of the year. I think we can all agree most lines of credit we they look our balances look awesome towards the end of the year because everybody has their line of credits or pulled out to, to the max or if not um, quite a bit of it out. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit here. At, at what point do you guys think um, a farmer should look at um, seeing when they actually need a line of credit if they haven't had a line of credit before? You know, I think we kind of look at that. It's um, There's so many different scenarios where lines of credit fit into place. You know, first one that comes to mind as is a beginning farmer. Um, we don't have the cash flow to buy the inputs for to put in that crop. It helps to, you know, if, if uh, we got to pay up some cash rent, it really just keeps – one thing I always tell our young producers too is lines of credit are great because we don't want to cash strap a young operation, take all the cash we have to pay for the inputs. Let's keep the cash in the operation, use a line of credit because that's truly what it's there for, to help us produce that crop and then harvest it. 
You know, we also look at, too, um, lines of credit fit very well in mature operations. Um, the size of some of our operations nowadays, um, the inputs that we have to carry <laughs> forward, it's just a, another tool that we have. For, and it's, it's really a cash flow a cash flow tool um, just to keep everything rolling and take advantage of, of the opportunities when they see fit. You know, we even look at this on the livestock side, too. Um, you know, our livestock producers um, – there's lines of credit available for them. Not necessarily, we don't have crop inputs, but we have feed inputs, um, veterinary services. The initial purchase even of the livestock Correct. in the first place. So it, it kind of puts you into a cycle or mode, you know, with it, with the operation. So it might be one way of looking at it. Like, hey, what do I need to get through this this set of cattle to get them to harvest? And Brenna, with your operation at home, um, how does the line of credit fit on a cow-calf operation? Well, for me, I mean, I sell calves in the fall for show stock. So that's when my income is coming in, just like grain farmers. It's almost the same type of process. But I've got inputs i got to buy when the harvest of those inputs is happening, like hay or straw or, you know, any of that type of stuff. But, I mean, I, it gets me through until I sell those calves, then I pay that off and any excess money, I guess, is mine to, in my case, buy more cows. Um, but uh, it's, it's a vicious cycle. The more it really money you is. Make, the more you it want really, to really is. But I mean, there, there's certain times of the year where that cash is not there. Well, that's that's when we need to use it. And that's when it becomes. All your money's tied up on hoof, basically, until yep. it uh, gets to uh, the neck to the market. Yep, pretty much. So. But, you know, there's also other supplies and things that you need. And, I mean, I don't necessarily go buy feed or anything like that with it. I mean, hey, yes, is feed, but that's a whole other beast when you're buying it in that type of quantity. Like other supplies that you just need. I mean, I have show cattle, so <laughs> you guys can imagine these supplies that go into that and how <laughs> expensive they are. So it's like, well, I'll buy this right now and then pay that off when I sell this calf or or whatever. So. That's that's how I use mine, and I don't necessarily have a large one. I mean, you know, a smaller amount just to to get me through. I mean, I was afraid to take out a big one because I would just go buy more cows. <laughs> so it's a way of uh, keeping it small, but yet still relatively in check with my operation itself. So, but then we, you know, we have these large grain operations in the area, and you know, it's no, it's not a weird thing for somebody to come and be like, Hey, I need a hundred thousand dollar operating line or a $250,000 operating line. So. And it, it's funny when we talk about those grain operations, you know, we as account officers, just for retrospect, we look, Oh, a line of a 12 month line of credit, you know, in all honesty, and especially in grain operation, it's more of an 18 month. I mean, because our, our, our growing seasons overlap so much. We're, it's it's just a it's con- getting worse and worse as it, and years it go on. Yeah, and, and we look we look at right now in industry trends and in our inputs. Really, we look at generally uh, fall is when most of us buy our inputs for next spring. Looking at current prices, we probably should have bought a lot of our inputs in the midsummer. Um, we look at prices, so I mean, there's again where we have those lines of credit just to really carry that. And we look, you know, we have a growing crop out with inputs that we've purchased and now we're buying 
the next round of inputs on a crop that is was if if you bought in July, you're uh, you know three months from harvesting the crop to pay for the last input. So it, it's a cycle that uh, you know really it takes a lot of note keeping and management skills to do right. And I think that's where we as account officers are always willing to help our members and sit down and you know really tailor that line to what fits the operation the best. And that's where you look. I feel that every line may be tailored a little different just to fit that operation. So speaking of that, what type of structure do we typically do for operating lines? Can you guys describe describe that? And normally, when if you if you're a first time borrower with ag credit, um, you're, you're going to come to us, and we'll probably structure it on a 12 month uh, line of credit. So, um, and that does two things. Number one, that gets you used and used and acclimated to what an operating line is, and that also just helps us get to know your operation and how it functions, and and watch you kind of revolve what we call revolve that line of credit, pay it down over the next year. Um, and so, it is typically a uh, there's obviously fixed rate loans and there's variable rate loans. Most uh, things on the market are variable rates, so it is keyed off of a little bit different interest rate than fixed rates are. Um, so it, it can change. Um, the market we're in now, they've been really, really low. Um, <laughs> really, really steady, really, too. Yeah, so right. we haven't yeah. seen, you know, we get the, the little slips in the mail. Hey, mm-hmm. your rate changed and it went up 25 basis points or whatever. But lately, we have not gotten those out. I mean, because they've stayed re- relatively yeah, last year Steady. and a half, uh, they've kind of shot down. And, and variable rates can be keyed off different indexes is kind of what they're called and not to get too nerdy and technical with it. But um, that, <laughs> Never that, they, you, Phil. Yeah, no, no, no <laughs> never me. But uh, so ours right now is keyed off what's called the prime index. And so that's something you can pick up and look at in the Wall Street Journal and, and kind of know where the prime index is. Um, and different banks use different indexes, but that's that's where we are. We won't, that's that's as far as the, the nerdness I'll get on that one. But uh, so we are, we are a variable rate. Uh, and, and like I said, most most operating lines are, but, um, like I said, we structured on 12 months It's variable. And I would say a high percentage, probably 95% of them are structured on what we call revolving line of credit. Meaning once you pull $10,000 out and you pay $10,000 back on it, that $10,000 is available for you to again, pull back out. Um, there is something called a non-revolving line of credit, which once you, you pull that money out and pay it back, that 10,000 is not available anymore. Um, and so until you do a renewal process and redo it. So, those are a, key, a few kind of highlights, I guess, on revolving lines of credit. I don't know if you guys, if I missed anything um, uh, on, on lines of credit or how to describe them, but. I guess so, what would be appropriate for a line of credit to be revolving and non-revolving? As a loan officer, how would you determine that you a, an operation would fit to have a revolving line of credit or a non-revolving line of credit? So I think when we look at revolving versus non-revolving, revolving fits very well for a grain operation like we we talked mm-hmm. with the way inputs are structured. When I look at a non-revolving, I look at that more on our uh, uh, livestock feedlot producers. We base that more off of the turns that they're going to make. When I say turns, you know, how many turns of uh, animals they're going to be sending out to market. We have that initial amount that we know working with the producer how much the animals are going to cost, what our feed inputs, all of our inputs are going to be. And we set that lineup for according to when they go to market, that's the time that we will then pay that line back. And then at the time of that, when that line is closed and those animals are out, we're ready to, or, to buy the next batch, we do another term line. And I think that's how we look at it because 
it's it's different because we're on a feedlot where we're not producing an animal. We're raising an animal. And take into Brenna's account on a cow-calf operation where you have breeding livestock, that's more, I look at on the revolving side for a livestock producer um, because it, it is that long-term investment. On the flip side of that, though, it's that can always change. Right. So if you're yeah. on a non-revolving line of credit, you've done well, you've paid it down, maybe when we go and quote-unquote renew the mm-hmm. line, then maybe it shifts over to a revolving line of credit to where you have that access when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's there for you every time you pay it back. So, yeah. And I would say, I know if you guys can disagree with me, I'd say a, a large majority of our lines of credit are revolving. I would say, you know, super oh, high percentage. I would agree with that. For sure. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, so there, but there are situations where it does call for a non-revolving. Yeah. Now we talked about renewal. We we are now <laughs> into our prime renewal season. <laughs> Can this, you describe what renewal means, Brenna? Well, when the term comes up on the lines of credit, when we renew it, it's kind of re-upping it. So it's meeting with us. It's giving your information to us regarding your production. And this is where the history of everything comes into play. Really good for us because if you know how many head of cattle you're going to have or how many acres you're going to plant, but we want to know your production history, that's going to help us project out how much you are going to need and how much you are potentially going to make. So we don't want to overextend somebody and do a $100,000 line when they're only going to have income worth of 75000 it kind of really puts you in a pickle in that in that scenario, you know? So, Okay, so going off of that, what would you guys say if somebody is new to an operating line, how are they, when they're thinking about, okay, what amount do I need, what would we think would be an appropriate amount for a size of operation? Like a dollar amount per a acre dollar, or per head or anything yes, like that? Or, or just the total dollar amount. Like you brought up a $100,000 line, when would that be appropriate? When we look at, you know, what amount we might need for a livestock operation, we look at, uh, and, there, and there's where I think it's, you know, we do a lot of projections and our, our grain producers have, you know, I, I, you know, have ideas down for how much they think it's going to cost for their inputs. Our cattle, our livestock producers will do the same thing. Um, you know, what's that animal going to cost? What's it going to cost to feed it? What What's going to be the total cost per head on that till we get to market? And that's how we'll base a lot of it off. And we will use market projections and everything to really kind of help the uh, the member find out what's best for them. And we, like, uh, like Brenna said, we do never want to overextend anybody. We want to make sure it fits within the repayment capacity for the crop or the animal it's going to be produced to repay that loan. And I would say too, I mean, it's the projections that you guys give us are very key in looking at what you need for an operating line. I know we've already had our podcast about year-end financials, but we're right here at the new year. So if you haven't done your balance sheet yet, make sure you guys get that done um, as of 1231. (laughs) But that is so key to us if you are doing a line of credit so we can look at where your operation is at and what your future needs are. And especially if you're growing, you know, this is a time that we look at those things and get you where, you know, get you the line that's appropriate for you. Um, So I want to shift gears here a little bit. We have been talking about structure here. 
and what's appropriate size. Now we have the size. Now where do we land on collateral position? What do we typically um, look at for collateral? And how is that collateral used to repay the line? In most scenarios, an account officer is probably going to say all equipment. Probably for the general use or the ability for you to buy and sell things when you need to, rather than tying things to one particular piece of equipment or a list of equipment or anything like that. So let me ask you guys this scenario right here. We're talking about collateral. I'm a brand new farmer. I'm farming 100 acres. I have one tractor. It's worth $10,000. I want a $25,000 line of credit. How do you guys set something up for me? Yeah, the, the best tool for that, and in this scenario, I assume I'm assuming you're cash running the ground, right? You, Correct. Right? You don't own any yep, real estate. Yeah, yep. yep, scenario where I'm cash <clears throat> running ground. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the, this is kind of a perfect scenario to use crops, you know, and, and typically we use crops uh, uh, as collateral for everything, um, for, for lines of credit, for all lines of credit. But in this situation, since that's really the bulk, that's the, that's what you have. That's the asset you have to offer for collateral. We will use that. What if? Now here, toss another little wrench into this scenario. What if? the growing season is terrible and everything gets flooded out or I didn't get into the field or anything like that. What do you do? You know, I think, <laughs> especially when we look at, you know, young produce, uh, our young producers, our mature operations is crop insurance comes into play mm -hmm. at that point. Um, one thing I do, especially with our, our young producers, because your mature operations are usually insure the crop insurance is make sure that if we are securing with, grain that we have crop insurance for that scenario right there where we had uh two years back um in my area we didn't get uh any corn out um you know but that input was still there but the input was still there and we still had an operating line to pay back and that's where you know our crop insurance comes in to uh work with that and we will work with that producer um, and the crop insurance company at that point to make sure that they know we as a lender, you know, have a lien on that crop. So if there is uh, crop insurance proceeds, just to make sure that we get that applied to that, that loan for a repayment capacity. Yes, absolutely. To, to finish up here, what if a producer gets a line of credit and then they decide that they don't necessarily need it? What happens then? Yeah. So similar to a credit card, right? We had that discussion earlier. It is a, an available balance. So let's say you did a $100,000 line of credit. We closed the loan. And you at that time, let's say for six months leading up to, you know, when you need to buy inputs, you just don't have a need to pull any of that money off. Um, you only get charged interest on what money you have pulled out on that line of credit. So it could sit there, that 100000 could sit there at ag credit, you not pull it out. Your interest charge is $0 at that point because you haven't used it yet. As soon as you draw money out, let's say you pull $10,000 out to, to buy seed, um, as soon as you pull that $10,000 out, that's when interest starts to accumulate. Um, and it's only accumulating on that $10,000, not the $100,000 potential. So, um, And as soon as you throw that $10,000 back on and pay it down to zero, um, then then that interest kind of starts slows down and really just doesn't accrue at all. So, so I just it kind of just question come yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> I just did a renewal and they asked, uh, haven't needed it, so didn't use it. How much interest do I owe? And I 
44 cents. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Now fill Get the, your checkbook out. Yeah, right? yeah. Exactly. Fill the interest that we have yeah. out on our lines of credit. Do we pay patronage on those? We do, yeah. So uh, we talked uh, in a last episode with Brent and I. We kind of talked a little bit with uh, patronage with uh, Dusty and Brian, but we do. So we 100% do pay patronage on, on lines of credit. So you get the benefit of, of having a patronage payment. And once on again, those. it's on that interest that you've paid, not the full amount. So if you don't draw it all out and your interest is only accruing on a small portion of it, you're going to get patronage on 43 cents. Yes. So, right? It pays <laughs> right. to be a member. Right. That'll go far. That'll go far. Yeah. yeah and, and I guess one of the other things I want to talk about is a, a secondary loan product kind of regarding lines of credit, and that's what we call a grain inventory loan. So you may be thinking, what in the world is that? Um, a grain inventory loan is is a product we offer um, for guys when it comes to really the the last like two months ago is typically when someone would, would do what's called a grain inventory loan. Uh, so at the end of the year, you get your crops off. Um, you're not quite ready to sell them. They're sitting in the bin. Um, so obviously, if you haven't sold them yet, you don't have the cash on hand uh, that you normally would. So a great inventory loan is a product that you come to us with and you say, hey, I want to take out a great inventory loan. Um, let's say you have a $100,000 line. You haven't sold any crop and you just want to take out like a $40,000 grain inventory loan. So what that does is we dump the proceeds from that loan onto your line of credit. That gives you $40,000 of breathing room to basically purchase inputs for the next crop year. Um, and then you roll over to January, you sell some crops, uh, you sell grain in the bin, and then you pay that grain inventory loan off first. And then um, that allows you to kind of the flexibility to hold crop back. Maybe if you're waiting for for better prices or whatever that may be, um, or you've contracted stuff later um, in the spring. And then and that kind of gives you that flexibility to, to plan for next year um, without being cash-strapped kind of in, in the late lateness of the year. Now, Phil, can you describe, is it just all crops all together, or do we have to separate, separate out corn and beans to get that loan amount? Uh, we do typically have to separate out different the different grains you have, right? So yes, yeah, so you'll have to separate. And what you have to the data you have to give us is what it, what crop you guys have in the bin. So how they, you know how many bushels of each, and so we kind of run analysis on that. So it's not a you know just a I need X amount. There's some kind of some analysis that goes into that. But that is another tool for you guys if you guys want to take a part of that. It just gives guys another opportunity to climb in and uh, do grain bin measure up and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yep. Now, what collateral do we use for the grain inventory loans? So with the grain inventory loans, you know, we're securing it with that crop. And we secure that um, just like we talked before. Uh, we will have joint checks in place because that crop is our repayment capacity for that loan. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this um, will wrap up this episode on lines of credit. Um, again, just a recap, I think it is a great tool to use for an operation um, when appropriate. So if you, if this is something that you um, are looking into, you know, reach out to your loan officer and ask some questions and see if they can get you set up for it. If you need a cash flow, this is, this is, this again, this is a great tool. So that will wrap up and we would love for you guys to write a review and get us some stars so other people can find us. And then also, if you have any um, questions, concerns, or other topics that you guys would like us to hear, please email podcast at agcredit.net, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Said It. Want to talk ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at agcredit.net. 
For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net. And be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time. Thank you.